Hello, everybody. Welcome to the All Danae Long podcast with your girl, Leah Danae, where we get to the nitty gritty of any and everything All Danae Long. Y'all. No, like I'm geeked right now. I am so just like, I can't believe it's been this long. I know I'm good for a hiatus. Y'all know that. And I love that y'all are patient with me and just how I take my podcast at my own pace. But literally, I'm so mad because I have been inspired to do a podcast, actually a few episodes for a while now, and I didn't know what the issue was. My mic, I promise y'all, it sounded like when I was recording, it sounded like I was underwater. So I just thought there was water in my microphone. So I got rid of my old microphone. Then I was like, okay, I got another one that was gifted to me. I'll use that one. Used it, it sounded the same. And I'm like, yo, ain't no way. Like, ain't no way a mic damn near fresh out the box sounds like this. Like, come on. Found out whole time, y'all, it was my cord. It was my microphone cord that was fucking up my audio that much. So I know the streets been needing me. Word, you know, word around town. They've been needing me, but I'm back. I'm back to feed the streets. And I'm so excited for this episode. I feel like this might be one of my best episodes that I ever will put out. Like ever. Just because... It's been such a transformative time in my life as of lately and people have been wanting to know about it. People have been wanting advice on it. People just want to hear me talk about it. So that's what I'm going to give y'all today. Season two, episode seven, new chapter, new beginnings, new blessings. So let's just get into the thick of it off rip. So I have officially moved out. Okay, your girl Moved out of her parents' crib, and I not only did that, I moved out of my hometown. I moved out of New York State, period. I'm out of there. So it's been a lot, and this all happened the end of July. So it's approaching, it's approaching me being moved out three months now. Soon come three months being moved out. So I think the first thing that I want to start talking about is kind of the steps that it took for me to get here. Um, because it wasn't easy and it definitely was not overnight. And it took a lot of self-awareness. It took a lot of goal setting. Um, it took a lot of patience, um, research. So I'm going to give y'all my story. I'm going to give y'all my tips. Um, so hopefully if you're in a position like me, um, you want to move to a new state or just you just want a new change or something like that, maybe you could connect it to that because I promise you it's the most fulfilling thing ever and it just makes you feel like so accomplished to set such a monumental goal and actually like have it come to fruition, especially with like so many people like not knowing if it would happen. It's not even necessarily doubt. It's just more so like, just people didn't know if it was really going to get pulled off. But one thing about me, one thing about Miss Aaliyah Danae, if I say I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. Y'all could sleep. Y'all could think I'm chatting. Y'all could think that I'm bugging. What if I say I'm going to do it, I do it. And I think this proved that the most. Like, I feel like I talked about this. to. I didn't really, actually, truthfully, I didn't talk to that many people about me moving. I kind of wanted it to be like, 
boom, I just ended up there. And people were just like, damn, I didn't even get to catch you before you left kind of thing. But I definitely told a few people about it, people that I wanted to see before I left. <clears throat> and uh, they, I feel like they kind of just were like, they were hearing me, but I think they weren't really feeling me till I was up out of there. And then people were like, yo, nah, you actually really did it though. Like it's inspiring. Um, just coming from where we come from in Rochester, New York. So yeah, let's start, let's, let's talk about, let's, let's go all the way back to the beginning, right? Let's talk about the steps that it took to get there. And I'll break down every single one too, because a lot went into each and every single one. So first step, I had to set realistic goals for myself. Now, some people aren't as consistent or disciplined when it comes to goal setting like me. And I know that, um, but me, that, that's my thing. <laughs> That's my thing. If you know me, I'm always writing down a to-do list. Like every single day I have a to-do to-do list for myself. At work, it's on a post-it note on my laptop. So as soon as I open my laptop, I already know going into the day the things I need to accomplish. On the weekends, when that's my grocery shopping and my errands, whatever, I have a to-do list. So I already know what I need to have done for the next week. Like just things that I have to knock off while I have time out of work. So yeah, set realistic goals for myself, which I'll go in depth about pertaining to my actual moving out situation. Um, also, two, saved money every month. Oh my gosh, I don't even want to talk about this too much until we hit it later on in the episode because that one might be the most important one, like saving money every month. But let, let's not even go there right now. Number three, I started job hunting very early. I was job hunting six, seven months in advance. Okay. So I knew I wanted to move in the summer. So I knew I wanted to move summer 2022. I was job hunting January, December, January. I was job hunting, reaching out to people, getting early interviews. Um, number four, I manifested and I believed that I could do it. Right? Like, even with some odds stacked against me and just some circumstances that I had to go through before actually getting here, I still, at the end of the day, I believed in myself and I manifested it. I would talk to myself all the time or I would just say out loud, especially like on car rides and stuff. And I would just be like, yo, I can't wait to live in that city. I would already tell people like, yo, I'm moving there. Like I would say it. I wouldn't say, and this is so important. I wouldn't say like, oh yeah, like I hope to live there in the summer or yeah, I could really see myself living there this summer. Bro, I was telling people at my job because I knew I was going to quit. I was like, oh yeah, I'm quitting this job in the summer and I'm moving. I was saying it like it was already set in stone. People would be like, oh, you got your apartment? No. You got your job? No. But if I say I'm going to do something, I'm going to speak it up speak it into existence and it's always going to happen because I put in that work behind the scenes as well. It's not just all talk, but I think it was just really important to say it. Um, cause I've done that with everything, like with every job after I have an interview or I, I tell people all the time, I guess it's lying. It technically is lying, but I've been telling people like, yeah, I got the job. And the whole time I don't even know if I got the job or not, but like if I had a good interview, I'm like, oh yeah, I got the job. Or I remember before I was going to study abroad, I was telling people, oh, yeah, I'm going to South Africa. Oh, yeah, I'm studying in Belize. Whole time, never heard back from the process yet. Never heard back from the people like, yeah, you got approved. I'm just telling people that I'm about to do it because I believe in myself that much. 
But that also goes back to the realistic goal setting because I know myself and I'm realistic about the shit that I can do. So that's another reason why I can manifest and I believe in myself that much. So let's jump into realistic goal setting. So like I just said, I write everything down, right? Multiple times. I'll write the same to-do list down multiple times. I will write down deadlines all the time. I have a planner. I have a calendar hanging up on my wall. Like I like to stay very, very organized with things. And with that, I created a timeline for myself. Um, but it was realistic. So June, 2021, no summer, 2021. So not necessarily June, but summer, 2021, right? I said to myself, I'm not going to be in Rochester, New York past next summer. Like I was like straight up, can't see it for myself. It's not happening. Now, some people viewed that as like, damn, like you're only giving yourself a year. So some people thought that was a short amount of time. Other people thought that was kind of a long period of time. But me, like I knew that to get myself in a space where I felt I would be at my best to do such a thing, to move out, I really needed a full year. I feel like moving to a whole different state, I couldn't do in a couple months. Some people can pull that off and kudos to you. I knew realistically, I was like, nah, that's not feasible. No, that's not feasible for me. Um, and that plays into money. Um, it plays into just like making sure I had all of my shit together, like adulting wise. Um, and my mental stability, which we're going to talk about later. So I just felt like all of the cards played out the exact way they were meant to. But yeah, I gave myself a year deadline. It was realistic and it worked for me. Like the biggest thing about all of this, like the place that I chose to move to, when I chose to move out, the um, part of the city that I chose to live in, like just everything is based on me. And it boils down to being self-aware. And I know that that sounds very surface level and it's just kind of like, well, duh. But people really don't know themselves like that. And that's why I think people do things and then they're not ready for it or they can't handle it. And I just feel like don't rush into anything because you see other people doing it. Don't rush into anything because you feel like, oh, like I just need a change right now or I need to get out of this city or I need to whatever like bro do it when the time feels right and do it when you actually are capable of doing it to the actual point of execution that you want to like I said I was ready to move out way before I moved out but was I ready money wise no was I ready mentally no like bro so why would I like, and also I wasn't ready to do it on the scale that I wanted to do it. I always knew I've known since college. I always knew if I'm going to move out, it's going to be out of state. I don't fuck with New York. Sorry. I don't. Cause me, my brain, how my brain views New York state, right? You got the city, right? The city's at the bottom of the state, like geographically. And then you got upstate New York. Like, that's how I view New York. I don't really care about none, nothing in the middle. Even though I went to school in Albany, which is in the middle, I really don't care about none of that. The city, I can't afford, one. Two, I also would never want to live there. I don't like 
the forms of transportation. I don't like how driving would be there. I don't like how expensive everything is there. So that was never a realistic location for me. So New York City was never on my radar. You know what I mean? Never on my radar. I didn't have places that I couldn't afford or that I had no appeal to on my radar. So it was never going to be New York City. And then I feel like everything upstate is similar. So I live in Rochester. That's damn near similar to Buffalo, damn near similar to Syracuse, Utica. So I'm not moving to any of those places. If I'm going to live in a place similar to my hometown, I'm going to live with my parents and stack my bread. Like that's what felt realistic to me. Now, granted, some people do not have the parents that I have. Like some people do not have healthy households. Some people cannot stay at home because it's toxic and it's literally overwhelming and overbearing. And I get that. Um, but from my point of view, I was able to live with my parents comfortably, um, for some time. Um, I think that as time went on, I definitely did get irritated. I was definitely very irritable, uh, I was definitely like stressed and stuff like that. Um, but never to the point where I was like on some calling people up like, yo, I can't take my parents no more. I got to get out. Can I stay with you one night? Like it's never been like that ever. Um, so yeah, like I said, I had to wait until I could execute it the way I wanted to. So I always knew I wanted to move out of state. And so I had to be patient, you know? And I had to be realistic with my goals and that came with patience and everything aligned the way it was supposed to be. I promise you, because I did everything the way it was meant to be done. So with that, I want to talk about timing. So, cause a lot of people ask me like, so a lot of people ask me why I moved to the city that I moved to. Like, that's one of my biggest questions. Um, but it's also, which I'll talk about too, like my non-negotiables with, um, moving to a new city. Um, but also kind of just like, why now? Like, how did it work for you now? Because I feel like a lot of people at the age that I'm at, so I'm 24. Um, and I graduated college, like right before the pandemic hit. And I feel like COVID and quarantine kind of had a lot of us like stagnant and, you know, price increases and, you know, inflation, all that kind of stuff. So kind of like, why now? So first of all, I knew that I had to move during the summer because of my teacher schedule. So I'm a teacher. So I knew I would never, ever, ever move during the school year. Like I was never going to leave my students in the middle of the school year. I was not going to up and leave them ever. And I was never going to come into a new school in the middle of the school year or at any time of the school year and have to make relationships with all new students. That was, I was never interested in that. And still to this day, if I don't like a job, I'm going to wait out till the end of the year. I'm not quitting in the middle of the year, two thirds of the year, one third of the year, unless it's like completely, completely unbearable just because it is such a hard adjustment as a teacher. Like, I don't think people understand, like, it's not just coming into a new place of work and meeting new coworkers and stuff like that. Like, no, I have to build my routines and procedures up again um, from the ground up. I have to make relationships with these students who just had a whole other teacher for the rest of the year, that kind of thing. And also these kids, a lot of them feel abandoned outside of school by a lot of different people or different things. And I never want to abandon kids. Um, so leaving in the middle school year was never going to happen. So I knew I was moving in the summer. So summer 2021, I was like, yeah, by next summer, I'm out of there. So that was one way that that was one way I had to think about moving. 
Another thing was I had a scholarship. So I went to a state university of New York, a SUNY school, and they came out with the scholarship while I was in college that if your parents made a certain amount of money, um, you would get this scholarship called Excelsior where they would pay for your tuition, right? But the catch to that was that the amount of years that you got it was the amount of years you had to stay in New York and work after you graduated. So it's kind of like, you know, paying your service to New York State for, you know, because they pay for your tuition. So whatever, cool. Honestly, I wasn't thinking that far ahead in college. I just wanted my tuition paid for to keep it a stack with you. So I had my tuition paid for for two and a half years on the Excelsior scholarship. So since I graduated in December 2019, my two and a half years was up in June 2022. So I couldn't move out of New York State until June 2022 Anyways, unless if I did, like if I left prematurely, I would have had to pay that money back and I already got enough student loans. I wasn't going to add more onto my plate. So again, I was like, I'll be patient. I'll wait it out. I don't like New York state, but I'll wait it out, you know? And again, timing was everything because by the time I hit June, 2022, or excuse me, June, 2021, I was like, yo, I can, I can be ready by June, 2022. I'll be ready by that time. And it just so happens to work out with my scholarship anyways. Um, another reason was post quarantine, right? So I just felt like after being so cooped up, not traveling as much as I was used to not leaving the house for a period of time, um, and kind of just the same things being in my community, in my city, like I just felt so maxed out. Like, I feel like I had overstayed my welcome so bad, like my city, I love it to death. I love Rochester, New York to death for the simple fact that I feel like it built a lot of character. I feel like it's built a lot of my good personality traits. Um, I love the food. Like, don't ever play. Don't ever get shit twisted. I love Rochester food down. Um, and again, my family's there. My best friends are there. Um, and I love that I know the ins and outs of it. I know the places to avoid and, you know... I always know somebody when I go out and it feels like home and it feels familiar and you can feel very comfortable there. Those are all great things, but I still definitely felt like I overstayed my welcome. I still definitely felt like when I went out and was social, I was just like, damn, I'm over this. Like I'm over this. Like some shit I enjoyed, but sometimes I would really feel myself being negative. I think that's when I noticed the shift was that I felt myself in situations where I used to once be really happy and like really myself, I felt like I was being negative. Like, especially in my social settings, because I'm a very social person. I'm a very social butterfly. And I felt like I was real negative. I would be out with the girls and I was just sitting there on my phone like this shit is ass. Like it's ass. Like, let's go home. And I just felt like I was kind of becoming a Debbie Downer. And it wasn't like too obvious. It might have been subtle, but I definitely picked up on that change in myself. And that's when I was starting to click like, yeah, I'm, I've overstayed my welcome. And also living with my parents, right? So... You know, I have older parents, um, and I only bring that up to say that there's just a difference. Like, generationally, there's just a difference between stuff that they do and stuff that I do. Um, and sometimes I felt like we got into disagreements about, like, just, like, simple things. Like, I don't think they would understand, like, I'm exposed to social media every day and constantly so you kind of constantly feel like you've been talking to people all day even though you've been on your phone all day just because like 
So let's say something. Let's, let me just give an example that will make sense to what I'm saying, right? So let's say there was a police brutality case, right? And I was on Twitter looking at all the threads all day. I was seeing Instagram posts about it. I made a status about it on Facebook. I was seeing people talk about it on Facebook. You consume that all day. You kind of feel like socially fatigued because you're like, damn, I've been consumed by this all day. But then my parents, right, who have no social media, never had social media, wouldn't know the first thing about it, don't understand how intense and how immediate that is, would come home and want to talk about it. And by that time, like I'm drained, I feel so at my capacity with like the negative shit, especially towards black people or about or towards black women or things like that. And like they would want to talk about it, specifically my dad, like more so my dad would want to talk about it. And I would just be so like dismissive I felt like and just so like not even wanting to engage and it was rude to be honest with you it was rude but at the same time it was coming from a place of like yo I'm trying to tune that out and I just feel like you want to talk about some deep negative stuff right now and I'm not even on that like I've been on that all day I need an escape from that so I felt like I clashed like that you know what I mean I clashed in that way um specifically like when my dad Um, and also just like privacy, you know, like being on the phone with somebody and my parents never really listened in ever on my conversations, not intentionally. I mean, I'm a loud talker. I have a podcast, you know, for a reason, but I just feel like, you know, I would sometimes feel myself trying to like be quiet on the phone a little bit. And it's like, I'm a whole ass adult. (laughs) Like this is childish. (laughs) Like, why am I trying to be quiet on the phone right now? You know what I mean? Or like trying to be conscientious of like, oh, I'm out late. I don't want to come home too late. I don't want to wake anybody up. But it's like I'm grown and I I should be able to have that fun. I should be able to come back to the crib at any time I want. So those kind of things where I just felt like, okay, I'm overstaying my welcome. You know, I'm, I'm maxed out a little bit. Like I just need to change my environment. Um, and I think that a lot of people in my shoes can attest to that and can connect to that because I know people right now that are living with their moms are living with their parents. Some people living with their grandparents are just like, yo, I want to rip my hair out because it's just, it's starkly different, like starkly different. And it doesn't mean that you don't love them. doesn't mean you don't respect them. It's just like, we're not compatible when it comes to living with each other. We were when it was you raising me, but it's different now. It's different now. Now it's all adults, all adults in the house. It's all adults that pay bills in the house. Like, you know, so it's just different. Um, And then, like I said before, with timing, just not feeling prepared at all until now. Like up until three months ago, I just didn't feel prepared um, to get get there. So I want to touch on like my emotional state and my mental like stability because truthfully I think that's where people were most worried about me I think that was kind of where like the the doubt and kind of like not the pessimism because nobody was really pessimistic but just kind of like the questioning right so so me I have very honest people in my family like my immediate family and my immediate friend group very honest people and with honesty comes like 
checking, you know, the people in your circle and checking your friends. And I feel like people were just being realistic and they were being straight up with me. Like, yo, can you move right now? Like mentally, are you okay to do that? Um, and so to give context to that, like I have another podcast episode called the other side to outside. And it's one I kind of talk about and I'm very transparent about a traumatic situation I went through in September, 2020 being like in a mass shooting and how that's a complete turning point in my life. Like I, I'm a completely different person now after going through that. Um, I suffer like with PTSD. Um, I'm extremely hypervigilant, which hypervigilant is just like you're kind of always on edge, always on go. I get very easily spooked now. Like if you come into my classroom while I'm doing work and I don't hear you and you start talking, like I will jump out of my chair. If I'm chilling in my car and you tap on my window, like I'm very... I'm, I've been very like hypervigilant since that moment. Um, and you know, that's also very connected to paranoia. Um, I've had moments literally y'all, I have like screamed in people's faces. Like it's, it's honestly, it's kind of like embarrassing. Cause it's just kind of like, yo, chill. Um, so that's how bad it's been, but I did go to therapy. Um, and I think therapy did help me a lot. Um, I had a black woman therapist in Rochester, New York And I am drawing a blank on her name right now, which is so terrible, but she was great. And she gave me coping skills for all of the things I just mentioned. And I think they've definitely helped me because I promise y'all I'm not on edge like I was prior to moving. I'm just not. Um, And I think where I moved to, like the, the exact part of the city I moved to definitely helps with that. Um... So people questioned if I was ready to move to a new city on my own, you know, with my, the mental space that I was in and rightfully so. Like if you care about somebody question the things that they do, if you really care and if you really feel like, you know, might not be beneficial for them. Like I think my mom and my brother did like a really good job of doing that. Like without being like negative about it, they were just kind of like trying to be straight up with me and I appreciate it. Um, Cause it was conversations that I needed to have and I wanted, but I wanted like my friends and family to know like I was going to be okay. Cause I think it was just out of worry for me as well. So I think that again, everything aligned the way it was supposed to. I wasn't ready to move until June or excuse me. I moved in July. I wasn't ready to move until July, 2022. And that was all ways. And that, you know, my therapy really helped and, let me give y'all the coping skills if some of y'all need it. If some of you like, you know, have hypervigilance, if some of you are paranoid, if some of you um, have a PTSD, right? So she would tell me to do like a lot of like self-talk. So what I would tell her was that like, I would get like really like dark thoughts, like out of the blue, like dark negative thoughts. Um, so for example, right? I remember one time I was in a hotel with my parents and we were just all asleep and I woke up in the middle of the night and then I couldn't go back to sleep. So I was kind of just laying there. I was trying to go back to sleep and then this thought just pops up in my head and it was just like, yo, what if somebody just comes in here and just starts stabbing me off? And like, I'm literally like, why would this thought just pop in my head? Like what type of sick twisted, what? That's so random. And then like other times I could be driving and I'm in traffic And then I just look to the car next to me and it's just like, yo, what if this car just swerves and crashes into you and now you're in a crash? 
And I just was so confused and more so frustrated that these dark negative thoughts were coming into my head because it would put me in a negative mood. It would put me back in a chaotic and traumatic situation like the one that traumatized me. And I just didn't know why my mind kept wanting to put me back into a traumatic space. Um, and she said that that was a thing like that happens that once you go through something traumatic, your, your body and your mind can want to put you back into that. Um, and so she would just, she would literally tell me like, yo, talk out loud. Like you might feel weird. You might feel crazy, but talk out loud and just say, stop. Like for real, stop. That's not going to happen. That doesn't even make sense. Why are you even thinking that right now? And I would do that and I would practice doing that. And I already talked to myself a lot. Um, but just like the self-talk and the talking out loud, it really has helped. And I promise y'all, I really don't even get those dark type of thoughts anymore. Like at all. Like it's rare now. They used to be very frequent and now it's very rare now. And I also want to say that the dark thoughts were never things that were like me doing harm to myself. It was never things like that. It would just be like me put into traumatic situations, like harmful things being done to me, but never like me doing them to myself. Just throwing that out there. Um, but yeah, I feel much better now. I feel way more light now. Um, I definitely don't get those dark intrusive thoughts. Um, so shout out to therapy. I know therapy isn't for everyone, but therapy is for a lot of y'all and it was for me. So, you know, the whole stigma around therapy, like, I feel like it's going away. Like, I feel like that's fake out the window now. Like, come on now. I feel like therapy, the new thing. So I would try it out if you haven't done it yet. So past the mental stability part, a girl had to be financially stable. And this, like, let me, let me, let me snap into the mic. Let me snap into the mic because this, this might be the most important step. Okay. Because money isn't everything, but money can damn near relieve your stress. All of it. It can alleviate a lot of that. And it has for me. Because I planned and because I was a realistic goal setter with my finances. So I knew that moving wasn't cheap, right? Clearly, like I'm moving to a new state. Um, I have to pay right now for the first time. And then amongst all my other bills, please don't think that I like wasn't paying bills before this. Like clearly I was. But you know, rent, <laughs> rent is the one that goes deepest in my pockets. Rent, rent puts a dent in my pockets you know, every first of the month. So I had to be prepared. So I saved rent every month. I paid myself rent every month. I paid a thousand dollars a month to my savings account every single month. And I did not touch my savings account. Not once I could have, it's not like I had the one that was locked or anything, but yeah, no, I paid myself rent every month. So as if I was living alone, like living on my own already. Um, and so that was for 12 months because I started off in June of 2022. So by, I'm sorry, I keep getting 2022 and 2021 confused. I started off in June, 2021. And I said, I'm going to be moved out by next summer. So I gave myself a year, right? So every month I paid myself a thousand dollars. So by the time I moved, I had $12,000 in my savings account. So that, that money in my savings account, it went towards security deposit, application fees, 
Um, and honestly hasn't really gone to furniture much. I'm not going to lie to you. I've been able to pay out of pocket my furniture for the most part. Um, but in my rent. And so I don't think y'all understand like, bro, the first of the month hits and I don't even have to look at my account. Like I know I have the money. Do you know how good that feels? Like all the stress that comes from moving and like a new job, a new environment, no friends, feeling alone and all this stuff. The last thing you want to think about is your bills too. Like I don't even, I don't even have to worry about the rent coming out. So them needing the security deposit and the first and last month's rent. Yeah, have it, have it. And I'm still good. Like, you know what I mean? And like I said, it's about to be three months of me, me, be, me being moved out. Never looked not once on a day that my rents come out. That is such an amazing feeling. Like, not living check to check is such an amazing feeling. Like I did that in college and that shit felt crazy. Like it, it goes beyond being broke. <laughs> like it goes beyond that. It just feels like, wow. Like, is this what life is really supposed to be? Like I got 15 cents in my account before I get paid again. This is wild. Like that's not living, that's surviving. And I want to live like I'm young, but I want to live. And so saving up that much money, was great. Now I will say this, right? So I'll let y'all in on a little, not even really a secret, but I wasn't supposed to live on my own initially. I was supposed to move with my best friend. Um, so my best friend and I had both made plans to move, but she became a flight attendant. It kind of just happened overnight kind of thing. She kind of ruled it out at first and then they got back to her months later about it and very happy for her. Um, and so that was kind of like, there was just a lot of like last minute arrangements that went on with that. So she thought she was going to be stationed in the city that we were moving to. So she thought she could still live with me. But then it's like, when you're a flight attendant, like you're fake, not even home like that. So all in all, it ended up that I had to live by myself and that decision really wasn't made y'all. I promise you that decision wasn't even made until like May, June of 2022. And then I moved the end of July, 2022. So I had like a month, month and a half to mentally get myself together to be dolo. Cause at first I was like, oh, I'm living with my best friend is cool. But now nah, I had a month and a half to rack my brain around the fact like, now nah, you're really going alone. Now nah, you're going by yourself. So that a thousand dollars a month that I was put into my savings, that was because I thought my a thousand plus her a thousand. Yeah. We'd be paying about 2k a month, you know, for rent in the city we moved to. But since it changed and I got a one bedroom, I have a pretty nice size one bedroom. I have like, it's almost like 900 square feet. So my rent is not a thousand dollars a month. I wish it was, <laughs> that would be great. So my rent is a little bit more than that, but still like my savings is still great and saving up $12,000 like is still, it's such a weight off of my shoulders. You know, and I'm not even trying to give y'all exact like numbers to pocket watch or like to be like weird. Um, I'm just trying to be as specific as possible because people really want to move out. Like people have really been on me about this. Like, how are you able to do this? And like, they want the details. So I'm trying to be as open and honest about this process for me as possible. So I'm going to give y'all the numbers. Like I'm going to tell y'all straight up. Um, I'm not going to tell you how much I pay for rent and utilities though, but just know it's more than a thousand dollars. So I don't have a year of rent saved anymore. Initially I did when I was living with someone, so I don't have that anymore, but I'm still set. Like at least for six months, I'm still set. 
Um, yeah. But I also want to say this, right? So my savings goals, like they sound all fine and dandy. And like, I do still think I'm a very disciplined person. Like I, I don't play about shit. I don't play about my goals and I don't play about the things that I seek out for myself. And I will be disciplined if I really want something badly. But I also have to like, I also have to be aware of my privileges and be aware of like how grateful and like fortunate I am like to have had the parents that I had. Right. Because like for me to have been able to live with my parents and like they didn't ask me for rent or anything. I know some people are like, well, they're your parents. They shouldn't. But I know so many parents that do. They ask their adult kids. They ask their kids that are 18. Like you need to contribute rent. You know, like I bought my own groceries, like for my lunches that I would make for work and stuff. Like, of course, I bought my own groceries, you know, and I paid my other own bills, like my car note, my car insurance, my phone bill, my student loans, like things like that. But like they didn't they didn't make me contribute to the house that I was staying. And so I was able to save. I had the opportunity. So if I could give anyone advice while you have the time and opportunity, save money, save money. And some of you might even be smarter than me and put it into like better savings accounts where the money will increase. Cause people were telling me, yo, put that a thousand dollars for next month into a stock so that it'll be more than a thousand dollars by the time you double back. And by the time you move out and like, I understood what they were saying. I was just lazy. I was like, man, hell no. Like I want to see my money in my account when I go onto my banking app straight up. So I didn't do that. I did earn like a little bit of interest money just because I did have like, what, four, what is that? Four or five digit, four or five, like five digit uh, savings account, five, six digit savings account. Like I was getting interest, but I mean, it was, it wasn't, it wasn't much enough and it was a couple dollars. Um, so I definitely probably could have got more. So maybe if you take anything from this, maybe invest those savings into something that it, you'll make more money later on. But yeah, so I'm, I am aware that everyone does not have that luxury. So maybe you can't save up a year of rent like me. Maybe you can only save up three months, six months. That's fine. But that, that boils down to being self-aware and being realistic of your circumstances in yourself. Maybe you don't even have the discipline to save up a year of rent, but you have the discipline to save up six months. Do that then, but set that goal though. And that's the thing. I never swayed away from my goal. Not ever. If I got two checks every, if I got two checks every month, it was 500 from the first check, 500 from the second check. And I didn't sway around that. Like people who are close to me know I write everything down. Like I said earlier, but also like I map out my expenses like three months in advance. I write out every single bill. I write out the date that it's coming out. I round up the bills and I add them all up together. And I'm like, okay, so I have this much extra money as a cushion, but then I divvy that up groceries, gas, going out, Ubers, maybe going out to dinner, ah, ah, whatever. Right. So I divvy all my money up and I think about what, where I could play with some money or, you know, what money I could potentially, you know, put towards a, I don't know. I don't Oh, birthday gifts. Right. Cause I'm a gift giver. So I have to look at like Oh, you know, I'm going to use that money to buy so-and-so's gift. Or if Halloween's coming up, y'all know I fuck with Halloween. Oh, I can put this money towards my costume. Like I look at things in advance because 
I never want to be someone who, when the time comes, don't got the bread. I'm never going to be the person who don't got the bread. Like that, that was, that was me in college. I'm sorry. That was me junior year and senior year living check to check, working at Bellini's counter, making y'all, y'all pastas and y'all salads. I was living check to check and I was still having a ball in college. Don't get me wrong. But now, oh, I can't live like that. No, I need to know. Oh, next month you want to go on a trip. Oh, I actually have an extra $600 that I'll have for that month. So yeah, I could actually probably go somewhere. Like I want to be able to, you know, live and not survive and be able to do stuff. And I've been living like that. I think, I think at least, uh, at least a year and a half I've been living comfortably, to be honest with you. But it feels even better not to be living comfortably on my own, right? I'm not living comfortably with my parents. I'm living comfortably on my own and I'm still able to shop because I can't let that go. Shop, you know, eat out. I love to find new, you know, food spots and, you know, do what I got to do. And I want to also just add on to when I said while you have the opportunity to save. So also while you have the opportunity, pay things off, right? So not only was I saving while I was living with my parents, I was paying things off more than I had to. So let's, so let's get into student loans, right? So I had two student loans that I was paying off, the ones that like were not dismissed. So I had a Sally Mae loan and a Discover loan. The minimum for my Sally Mae loan was $50 a month. And the minimum for my Discover loan was $69 a month. I was paying $100 more on both every month. So I was paying $150 for my Sally Mae every month and $169 for my Discover every month. Because I had the money. I was, li- I, was having, I was working a salary teaching job while living with my parents. I saved up my $1,000 every month and then I paid $100 on the minimum for both of my student loans because I knew it was a financially smart thing to do. While I had the money and opportunity, I was going to pay off as much debt as I could. So now that put me in the position now where by the time I hit the summer, my Sally Mae loan was paid off. So I don't even have that loan anymore. So that was deducted. So I'm like, you know what? Okay, now I got rent and utilities. Um, and now I pay a little bit more gas because my commute to work is a little bit farther now in my new city. But I took off a student loan. So that kind of like evened out a little bit in some way. Now, boom, for my Discover loan. Okay, that loan is not done. But I can't afford to pay an extra $100 on top of that $69 a month. So I cut it down to now I pay $20 more. So now I pay $89 a month versus $169. And then that $150 a month I used to be paying is gone. So it's like I cut some costs somewhere now because I was paying more than I had to while I had the you know, while I had the money and the luxury. Take advantage of the luxury. Don't get comfortable in the luxury. Like I'm being for real. Like it really can help you because now when I have money to fall back on a cushion, oh baby, it's paying off the credit cards. <laughs> it, I'm not paying more on a student loan. I'm paying off them credit cards. Okay. Like <laughs> let's cause come on now. I need the credit score up a little bit and I utilize the hell out of my credit cards. So that's where my extra money is going. So yes, please take advantage of that while you can. Okay. So now I want to get into my non-negotiables while picking my, picking my new location, like my new city, who this type of vibe. I want to get into why I picked it. I want to get into like 
what was important to me going into it. So I haven't said it yet, but I moved to Philly. I moved to Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Okay. And everybody's so up in arms. Like, not you move from Rochester to Philly. Not you move from hood to hood. And I did. And I did. Okay. <laughs> but I promise y'all, I've been talking about Philly since college. Like, and when I was in college, I'd only been to Philly one time. And it was with my, no, maybe I've been to Philly a couple times because my oldest brother lives in Philly. Um, so I think I had been to Philly maybe a couple times, but it was all like during my childhood. Like I remember going to the King of Prussia Mall once and people thinking that my two brothers were Eagles players and they were like asking for autographs and all the white people in the nice stores in King of Prussia was like trying to be nice to us, show us the back rooms and all that stuff. And they were asking them how the preseason was. It was hilarious. That is a, that is a memory that I do have. But other than that, like, I didn't know shit about Philly, but in college, I promise you, I was really saying like, nah, I'm gonna live in Philly. Like I could see myself living in Philly. So I always had a pull to it for some reason. I always just had an appeal to Philly. So I'm gonna give y'all my non-negotiables though when it came to my vetting process of moving to a new city and a new state. So first things first, this might not be important to other people, but this shit is important to me. It had to be within driving distance of my hometown, period. This is not, this is not to say that that's permanent. Like maybe when I move out and create a family and live like with my partner and my future kids or whatever, maybe that doesn't need to be that close to my hometown anymore, right? Or maybe once my parents retire and they move, like it won't really matter. But for right now, like moving out for the first time on my own, it had to be within driving distance. I cannot imagine having to have all of my belongings shipped, like whatever can't fit in a suitcase, whatever furniture that I came with, because I came with like a couple dining chairs and stuff like that, like having to have those shipped to a different state and then having to fly to get to that state and then having to fly to come back, having to have my car shipped. Oh, hell no. Oh, my God. And if you think I'm making a drive anything more than six hours, you're out of your mind. You people doing 18 hour drives to Texas, you're out of your mind because best believe people are telling me move to Houston, move to Dallas, move to the West Coast, move to Cali. You're out of your mind. It's not happening. <laughs> not for my first go around. It was never going to happen that way. And I'm someone I can't admit. I am an immediate kind of girl. Like last weekend I went home and I planned on leaving Saturday morning. And I told my parents I was leaving Saturday morning and something in my gut Thursday night was just like, yo, pack up your stuff and have it in your car. So that after work Friday, in case you feel like just going, have it in your car, ready to go. So Friday comes now, like I said, I'm a teacher. Y'all know how stressful that job is. I was really banking on them kids giving me a migraine and me just wanting to go home and just not be fussed with. But when I tell you I left Friday in such good spirits, I was like, oh yeah, I'm about to bust down this five and a half hour drive. And I did. And I don't even like driving in the dark. So I would say like the first two hours, it wasn't dark, but the last three and a half were dark. And I would try to surprise my parents, but I forgot they had my location now that I moved and they saw I was on like the highway or the interstate, whatever. And they were just like, yo, this girl is coming home tonight. And my dad gave me my props. You know, he was like, okay, I see you, you know, full day of teaching. Then you busted down the five and a half hour drive. Like, yeah, I know that's right. 
Okay. So yeah, that was really important to me. I wanted to be able to, you know, if I wanted to go see my best friends, I wanted to go see him. If I wanted to see my family, I was going to go see him. If I was craving some Rochester food, I'm going to go get it. If I left some clothes at home, you know, I left, you know, just things that I couldn't pack up. I drive a Honda Civic. I couldn't fit everything in that car. Not in the trunk and not with the back seats down and not with the front seat, passenger seat down. It wasn't possible. So, of course, you know, I was already like, yeah, I'm going to have to make a trip eventually. So it needed to be driving distance. And the way flight prices were at the time, too, like, especially with me deciding that I was going to move, like, yeah, they were ridiculous. So was never going to fly. That was never going to happen. So that was one of my non-negotiables. Had to be within a driving distance of home. Another one was that it had to be a busier city than what I was used to. I ain't saying it's got to be New York City busy. Like, I'm not saying it's got to be like the most liveliest city in the damn world. It don't got to be like Vegas. But Philly gives me like very much so faster pace. Always something to do. Every single weekend, there's always something to do. Granted, I am alone and I don't have friends here. So there's some weekends I don't do anything which that's good for my pockets, but sometimes I do wish to like to do things. Um, but that's just a reality of living on your own that you're going to be alone a lot. And it kind of just is what it is. And I knew that going into it. Like I knew I was going to be alone. I knew I was going to be lonely. You just kind of got to fight through those feelings. Um, but yeah, oh my gosh, like there's so many different food spots to try. There's so many different hookah lounges to go to. There's so many different, like not even clubs, just bars that are lit. You got Drake night, you got Nikki night, you got like, let's think about the sporting events, the Eagles undefeated right now. I could go to an Eagles game. I can go to a 76ers game. I can go to a Phillies game. Like there's just so much to do and I'm young and I'm turned. So I want to do these things. And I should be in a city where I'm allowed to do those things. And I wasn't. I was in a city that wasn't giving me that. And while I'm young and while I'm able to do so, I need to take full advantage. So that was another non-negotiable. A third, had to have a large black population. This is pretty self-explanatory. I'm black. I want to be able to go to a city where if I go out, like I can go to a black-owned restaurant. If I go out... I'm going to have, there's going to be a bunch of different nightlife options where black people are not just like, oh, there's one black club. Everything else is kind of dominated by white people. No, I want there to be options in Philly. Hella black people, hella black people. That was important to me. Like I want to be in a city where I feel like I belong. So that was another non-negotiable. And my last non-negotiable was cost of living needed to be similar or reasonable to what I was used to. So again, this is my first go around. I wasn't going to play myself. I was never going to pay 2000 plus for rent. No, what? But it's not even just about cost of living like for rent. It's also like gas, like Philly gas is very similar to Rochester gas, like maybe a 10 cent difference at most. So my gas like really didn't change. Now, how often I buy gas has changed because again, my commute is now much longer, but I mean, my gas, the gas prices are the same. Grocery prices are the same. Like the only thing that's different is like, you know, Pennsylvania just got these weird ass taxes. So like they got like a sugar tax still. So like when I buy juice and stuff, like it'd be a little bit more, but like other than that, no. 
but like we don't get taxed on like clothes which like you know that that warms my heart like I don't get taxed on clothes so it kind of evens out like sugar tax okay but I don't get taxed on clothes like that's great so I really needed to move to a place where it wasn't going to be that much of a difference like people telling me to move to the west coast oh where gas is six dollars you want me to move there my budget for gas would would triple almost ain't no way I'm sorry not triple double ain't no way Ain't no way. And where the minimum of rent is how much? The the minimum of rent is my max. <laughs> like, no. I needed to move somewhere that wasn't going to be too much of a change and it wasn't going to be too steep because it was already going to be an adjustment living on my own. It was already going to be an adjustment being away from people. And it was already going to be an adjustment just like having to be on top of every kind of bill by myself. So those were my personal four non-negotiables for vetting a location and Philly hit all of those. And it wasn't just because Philly was like at the forefront, like Philly just made sense. It just did. And also like, y'all, this is why I say everything aligns. Like, I think people be thinking like, people will really say like, yo, you like have the craziest luck. Like you are really like, when it comes to finances, they're like, yo, you're really the most blessed person ever. And I really just think it's cause I be patient with stuff and I'm calculated with stuff and I wait my turn. I don't rush. Like I just don't rush. So my home girl was living in Philly and it's crazy because I moved in, but I literally think she moved out not even a month after I moved to Philly because she got a better job offer in New York City but this is the thing she wasn't taking all of her furniture with her so when I say she gave me two other dining room chairs that literally matched same exact color as my two dining room chairs that I had the same exact like gold velvet texture so I got two dining room chairs she gave me her ring light she gave me her ring camera for my door she has given me yo her Pennsylvania food stamps she had it she's had it for like she still has the card she lets me use it every single month on Instacart you can use did y'all know that that y'all can use food stamps on Instacart you can put in your EBT card information you can use it on Instacart yo she lets me use it every month because she doesn't live in Pennsylvania no more and she's like you know I'm not gonna have it go to waste like yo that's fire that's fire and then you have my brother and my sister-in-law, my nephew. So they had a lot of like amazing like life changes, like new jobs and things like that and just pay increases. And so like they got a home and it's kind of like, it's like on the outskirts of Philly. Like I don't think it's considered Philly, but you know, it's right there. And so they were moving. And so they were like, yo, like there's going to be some furniture we don't need. So boom, I got their dining room table. Like, it's just crazy. Like things were just meant to be. And I just felt like things kept falling in my lap. And I was just like, wow, this is what happens when you really wait your turn and you stay patient and you wait for things to map out the way that they're supposed to shit like this happens. And I could not be more like grateful and appreciative, honestly. So if you're out there and you feel like it's been forever and you feel like, you know, you just been being patient, trust me, you will know when it's your time. You will feel it. Like, you will. I'm not even trying to be one of the people that be fake preaching to y'all and fake woke. I'm not. Yeah, I just, like, real life, like, have been through it. Like, ooh, <laughs> not I burped. Um, yeah, it'll, it'll pan out for you the way it's supposed to, I promise. And so with that, 
um, I had like a couple notes written down just about like if you're dealing with doubters or just like people that just don't believe that you can do it. Like I know people who have those kind of people in their lives or just like around them, like filling their heads with honestly just projection of their own insecurities, of their own fears, um, you know, or or just things that they're unable to do themselves. A lot of people, I promise you, especially from Rochester, New York, because I know a lot of people from my hometown are going to be listening to this because a lot of people want to move. Like, there's going to be people in that city that are stagnant, and there's going to be people in that city that are unable to move for some circumstances that are completely valid, right? Like, poverty is a real thing. Um, You know, not being able to get a well-paying job, things like people have cases people can't leave the state like it makes sense like shit like that right so and it's not to say that all people like that would project or would you know be haters or anything like that but I'm just saying that you will run across people like that in a small city where it's kind of a crabs in a barrel mentality and it's kind of hard for people to get out or it's hard for people to see themselves somewhere different than all that they know But I promise you, like I keep saying, if it's meant to be, it will be. And if you realistically set goals, if you set yourself up financially in some way to alleviate that stress down the line, if you know yourself and you know where you could live and you know your limits and you just know what you can achieve, it will work out for you. Um... Because you have to remember that people can only see like people can only see themselves as I forgot what the saying was. It's something like people can only see themselves as far as they know themselves or something like that. Or like as far as they met themselves, something like that. Like you can see the potential for someone else. But, it, you know, if, if they don't see it, then it, it doesn't even mean anything. And so people could project that onto you and just ignore that shit. Just ignore it. And and the same and my thing is too, like, when I told people I was moving to Philly, oh my God, you had the people saying, yo, like, you still move to the trenches, like, oh my gosh, like you're still going somewhere where it's really violent. Like, this is what I need people to say. And I'm so glad I got to this part of my podcast. I and if you're still listening, I love you. I know this is gonna be one of my longest episodes ever because this is something I've been wanting to talk about with y'all for so long. Like, I've had the podcast notes written up since the first week I moved in I planned on recording the first week I moved in but you know this chord wanted to play with me but I need to say this about crime and proximity and violence so yes Rochester extremely violent especially with gun violence very like prox proximal proximal I don't know the word I don't know if I'm saying that right but basically everything is super close-knit in Rochester you know, word gets around about everything. Philly, very high crime and violent too, right? Very. When they drop that top 10, like, murderous cities in America, it's always Rochester and then Philly right underneath. Like, I deadass think Rochester is six or seven and Philly is number seven or eight, right? I understand why people were like, yo, like, you just move into another hood. Like, but, but let me break this down to y'all, right? So I come from a place where all of the violence is very close-knit. So not only is the violence high, but it's like, you're going to know, you're going to know either the victim, you're either going to know the person who did it. They're, they're going to be related to to you. They're going to be someone you went to school with. They're going to be someone you dated. They're going to be someone you saw out all the time. 
so even when you try to remove yourself from stuff like that, right? Because I would find myself just like, okay, I'm just not going to go out next weekend. Like, I feel like it's been kind of hot right now. I'm going to lay low. Even when you don't go out, then you, you wake up in the middle of the night or you wake up the next morning and, and you're reading everybody's posts and you're seeing the news articles. And it's like, damn, that was my homeboy who got killed last night. So even though I didn't go out and I tried to avoid a, a potential situation and I knew kind of it was hot right now, it still affected me because I still know that person. Rochester is a very everyone knows everyone kind of city. Everybody gets affected when we lose someone and we lose people all the time. Whereas Philly, as someone who's not from Philly, I don't know not a damn person here. So I'm not saying that when somebody's life gets taken here, it's, you know, less impactful, but. I'm not keeping up with Philly news. I know nothing about what's going on. I'm very much so in my own bubble. And it also in the same point, Philly is huge. Like when I go out in Philly, I'm not scared. Like how I was in Rochester, I would know. There would be one event in Rochester a weekend. Like one event. You knew everyone was going to be there. That meant all the people from all different hoods was going to be there because there was only one place to be. Like, it wasn't like we had options. It wasn't like you had 10 different hookah lounges and people could spread out and kind of stay in their different parts of the city and do their own thing and stay with their vibe and, and their people. That's not how Rochester is. Rochester loses every venue and every kind of thing because of violence. So there's only so many places you can go. Whereas Philly, yo, it's, it's double digit things to do every weekend and they're all spread out. And some are in South Philly, some are in West Philly, some are in North Philly, some are in like East Philly, like everything is spread out. So here it's like, yes, there's still violence, but it doesn't feel as close knit and like just like overwhelming and like inescapable as Rochester does. So I hope that that comparison makes sense. And I'm never trying to compare like oppression or trauma or violence in any way, but you have to understand that I view it from a different scope because I'm only used to very close knit violence and not feeling like I could ever get away from it. And living in Philly now, even though I teach in North Philly, so I teach in the heart of the hood. I'm my kids keep me very, very in the loop with the shit that goes around in their communities. And I, I mean, I, I can definitely tell, um, I'm not like new to what hoods look like. I can definitely tell when I'm riding in an area, you know, like my coworkers already gave me the rundown. They were like, yo, don't even stop at the red lights. Treat the red lights like a stop sign. Cause they're all, it's all like one ways in that area too. Um, like my people, you know, they give me the lowdown, but where I live in Philly, I live in Northeast Philly. Northeast Philly is, is out the way and I love living out the way and you know what living out the way gives me peace of mind and it makes me feel so safe that I don't mind that I have to buy gas more often I don't mind that my commute to work is 40 minutes yeah it's really 40 minutes because of traffic I don't mind I don't mind that it takes me maybe 40 minutes to go to a party because I have peace of mind I am a black living a black woman living by myself I need peace of mind. You know, my neighbors, I fuck with them so heavy. I promise you, I don't even know their names, but like they be bringing in my packages for me because there's five different apartments in this, um, in the building I'm in, but we're in like a huge apartment complex. But the other people in my building, like if my package is left outside or like if my DoorDash is left outside and I'm talking like my DoorDash has been left outside for, I'm not even lying, 45 seconds. Someone has brought it in for me. Like. My big ass packages too. I remember my mirror got my mirror got uh delivered when I was at work and I found it inside the apartment when I came back from work and I'm just like, yo, 
they be looking out. One time, y'all are going to think I'm crazy. One time, my car key came off of my, um, what is it, key ring, and I had no idea. We have these phones in our apartments where someone can buzz, like they can buzz outside of the apartment so that it calls right to our apartment, and then we can talk through it. And they literally buzzed my thing and they were like, yo, like your car key, like it's outside like of your apartment, like it's in like the hallway. They could have gotten my car yacht and driven away, like realistically. And they just returned it to me. Like I feel so safe here and I don't want to jinx myself. I'm just saying that people have a very microscopic view of Philly, which I get it. It makes total sense. Usually people have a microscopic view of places that they either have never lived in or have heard a lot of things about or like people from Philly asking me, why would you move to Philly? Why would you? And these are a lot of kids. These are a lot of people, especially it's my kids like that come from North Philly. But I tell them like, yo, the part of Philly I live in is, is, you know, it's all right. It's all right. And I had an appeal to Philly. So that's why I moved here. So I wanted to set that straight too. You know, that, that's what I said to the doubters and the people who had like an issue. And it's also just like, you not living with me. Like who gives a damn if I moved to Philly? What, like who cares if I move from a hood to a hood? I, I feel comfortable low key in a, in a hood setting. And I know that that sounds a little crazy. Cause again, I'm, I'm living in a residential, I'm living in a residential area now, but like, like I said, I work in a hood. I work with students that come from that demographic and I feel familiar with that. I understand, you know, the dialect the cultural nuances. I understand all of that. So that's kind of where I like to be. So like, I couldn't see myself like moving to Nashville and teaching in Nashville. I couldn't see myself moving to Scottsdale and teaching there. Like, no, be for real. And I had to be for real with myself. So that's why Philly was the perfect place. And I just keep coming back to that point because that's exactly that. And that's exactly why all of this is amazing and has worked out to be so amazing. So I just want to wrap up with tips that I would give anyone because people have been asking me for tips on the move and just a new chapter, like how I feel, things that I would just, just advice I would give to people, right? So number one thing, not number one thing, but just first of all, think about if your job is like easily transferable, right? Or like readily available. So as a teacher, I guess the plus to like all the cons (laughs) is that there's a there's always a need for teachers. I can go to any city and, and probably get a job because you're always going to need a teacher, right? And so when my job search, and I was doing it so early, like I was starting it in January, you know, I was researching a bunch of like networks in Philly and like looking at all these different schools. And I had so many interviews before I ended up getting my job. So think about that. And think about if, you know, your job is transferable in the city that you're looking at, you know? So that's one tip that I would give. Number two, periodically buying things. So since I gave myself a long deadline of a year, I had a year to buy things, you know, every now and again. Um, I saw a TikTok that said, like, buy all of your toiletries before you go. And that saved my behind OMG, because you can't grocery shop ahead of time. Like clearly I wasn't going to go with milk in my backseat, like, right. But I went with deodorant, like mad packs of deodorant, toilet paper, paper towels, dishwasher or dishwasher, 
dishwashing like fluid, like whatever, uh, dish detergent, that's the word. Dish detergent, went with Tide Pods, went with different dryer sheets. Um, what else? Other Sponges, like cleaning supplies, all of that I had like in a big box and I went there with it and it felt so good. Y'all, I, I still haven't run out of things yet. I've ran out of like toilet paper, paper towels. And I actually have ran out of like a laundry detergent, but I still have my dryer sheets, still got my deodorants. Oh, my toothpaste, still good on my toothpaste. Um, what else am I still good on? Oh, the, the dish detergent, still good on that. Sponges, still good. Cleaning supplies like my Clorox and my, you know, all of that stuff. My Lysol, all that stuff, still good. Like, it feels good that I didn't have to come here and shop on top of like grocery shopping. So I would say just buying things, periodically buying things, um, especially if they're on sale. Um, also, like I thrifted a lot of things. Like you can thrift silverware. Like it's nothing to like soak silverware, not silverware. I'm sorry, like plates and stuff, dining ware. I mean, you could get silverware. I didn't get silverware from a thrift, from a thrift store. That That's a little much. Um, but like dining ware, um, like a paper towel holder, I got that from a thrift store. Um, I shopped at places like Ollie's. Um, I shopped at like clearly Marshall's. Oh my God. Christmas tree shops. You got to go to Christmas tree shops. My brother put me onto that. If you want to get you some sale stuff, you got to go to Christmas tree shops. Okay. So that's another tip I would give. Number three, visit the city a few times to get an idea of it. So Philly, like I said, it was on my radar since June, 2021. I went September, 2021 with my best friend. We had a blast. We were sold. And then I went again to see my nephew. I don't remember when that was. That was maybe November though. I feel like that was fake November. No, it wasn't November. Yes, it was. It was, yes, it was. It was November. I went in like November. Then... I went again for my birthday in June. I spent my birthday weekend in Philly because it was the Roots picnic. And even though my birthday was a little hot mess kind of and Roots picnic was kind of sucky, I still, the brunch spots we went to, fire. Oh my gosh, fire. The brunch spots sold me, like sold me. And also just seeing how much fun my friends and I had in Philly, I was like, yo, I could definitely see us like having fun here all the time. So definitely sold me. So just visit the city a few times. And that's another reason why I was like, yo, it's driving distance. Like I'm not going to fly to go get an idea of this city that I want to move to. Like I want to be able to drive to it and frequent it. So definitely visit. Also, last but not least, like I said earlier, just to bring it all full circle, speak that shit into existence. Speak it into existence. I didn't broadcast it. I really didn't. I told my best friends, and I told my parents and my siblings, few friends outside of that knew, like my cowork, my close-knit coworkers knew because I told them, I'm like, yo, I'm quitting. And we low-key all made a pact to quit. And we did all quit at the end of that year because job was a mess. But anyways, whole different story. So I didn't really broadcast it. But whenever I did speak about it, like I said, I spoke about it as if it was happening, like it was set in stone. And that's why people would be like, oh, so you did get your apartment. You did get your job. And I'd be like, nope. I didn't, but I'm moving like it's happening. Speak it into existence. Yo, you have to believe in yourself because nobody else will. You got to believe in yourself, put your foot down and just do it and grind. 
So I really hope that me being open with you guys about my experience throughout this whole past year, just like putting this idea into motion and like actually seeing it for myself and now actually living it helps you guys. I hope it can connect to whatever you're going through in your life right now. Um, any further questions y'all have about like any of this stuff or you want me to go in more in depth about it, y'all can always DM me on my personal Instagram page, which is Aaliyah.Danae or my podcast page, All Danae Long. Um, this might be one of my favorite episodes yet. Cause I really was freestyling a lot of this. I was just talking, not even looking at my notes, not even looking at like the time on my audio software. Like I'm looking at the time mark and this might be my longest episode too. Like I've just been talking to y'all just freely because I've just been wanting to get so much of this off my chest and then I hope, and I just hope it's received well. So now we got to move into the, my take on music segment i'm pulling up my phone right now so let's just talk about asake hopefully i'm saying his name right i am not african okay but afro beats african music is probably my favorite genre so his album mr money with the vibe is no skips i can't even like there's nothing more to say like i like i'm trying to think of the ones that stand out to me the most on this album Oh, number 11. How do you say that? Sun, Sun Mami? Sun Momi? He was definitely getting in his South African bag, his Uncle Waffles bag in that song. Yeah, DJ Uncle, Wa Uncle Waffles bag. He was getting into it on number 11. That's my shit. Whole album, fire. First first time I listened to it, didn't like it, which is crazy. Um, So DJ Khaled's album, God Did. Of course, I like the song God Did because I'm a whole fan, but the song Beautiful... Yo, so Unpopular Opinion, not a big Future fan. However, I will say the few Future verses that I like, he has absolutely murdered. And this is one of them. Future absolutely murdered this song. And I never thought like him and SZA, but wow, this song, Beautiful is, is quite literally beautiful. And I'm still listening to it. So I've been listening to Beautiful. I've been listening to Asake. Still listening to West Side Gun's Peace Fly God album. Still listening to Jesus Crack on that album. Still listening to Ritz Barlton. Still listening to Big Ass Bracelet on that album. And what else? Um, oh, still, yo, yo. This might be the most important album that I talk about today. The West Side Boogie, More Black Superheroes album. Wow. And I missed his concert here in Philly. It was during a weekday, though. I wasn't feeling it. Actually, no, it was on a Friday. Oh, my gosh, it was on a Friday. I forgot why I didn't go. I think I just didn't want to go by myself yet again. Missing out on stuff because I don't want to go by myself. I need to get that together. But, yo, this album, no skips. No skips. But the songs on this album are nonchalant. That is a banger. That is a 10 out of 10 song. Nonchalant and Can't Get Over You with Smino. And Teezy, oh my, is it Teezy or Teezo? Hold on. Look at me. Y'all hear that? I'm trying to see it. Hold on. Ooh, it's Teezo. Teezo Touchdown. Yeah, I said Teezy. Smino and Teezo Touchdown. Yo, that song is actually amazing. 100%. So that's what I've been listening to lately. 
Um, I would love for y'all to put me on a new music to listen to, and maybe I could review it in my next podcast. Like I said, I've been feeling hella inspired to do podcasts. Y'all, I've been driving so much now that I have like longer commutes and stuff to work and back that I'm actually getting into listening to podcasts now. So maybe I will be inspired to record more. Okay, maybe so. And now that I talk to myself a little bit more, now that I'm alone now, that might spark more consistency too. I don't know. I'm just really excited about this episode. I feel like this is great. I feel like this was amazing. It was therapeutic. Um, And I hope you guys really enjoy this episode. And I look forward to the new episodes I record, the new inspiration that I feel, the new collabs that I hopefully will have coming up very soon. Uh, But yeah, I love y'all. I feel like this brought us closer together. for real but until next time peace